Law, Policy, and Markets. I'm Alan Marks. Today, I'm joined by David Wolfson, a partner in Milbank's corporate group and the executive director of the firm. There's just real value in people feeling a sense of pride and, and attachment to things that they care about and also belief that we are investing in them. Let's get to it. The largest and best law firms devote significant resources to professional development of their attorneys. Firms that care about their lawyers' development have more talented staff and lower attrition. Clients of those firms get better service. Milbank's training program at Harvard is different. Developed by Harvard Law School Executive Education and delivered by distinguished professors from both the business and law schools, the program focuses on broader topics and is designed more like a mini-MBA with a healthy dose of career guidance thrown in. Starting in their fourth year of practice, Milbank Associates spend a week together on campus at Harvard each year for three years in an interactive, intensive, and comprehensive professional development program. The curriculum covers finance and accounting, leadership and team management, strategy, marketing, negotiations, and macroeconomics. The emphasis is on seeing connections across multidisciplinary areas and building connections with lawyers from diverse offices and practice groups from around the world, all within a broader business context. Let's talk to David Wolfson, Milbank's executive director, about the secret sauce that enables this innovative program to create remarkable dynamic outcomes for clients and attorneys alike. So David, thanks very much for taking the time to get together today. No, it's my pleasure. So 10 years ago, February of 2011, Harvard put out a press release that they were starting an exclusive new education program with Milbank to include both Harvard Law School and Harvard Business School, and that's become Milbank at Harvard. How did this program come about? It actually came about from the vision of one of our partners who at that time was on the executive committee, a partner, Norbert Rieger, and he felt that if we partnered with a really great law school, with a really great business program alongside it, that we could do something unique and really provide something of value to our lawyers, to the firm and to our clients. And he also had, I think, within his vision, the idea of something quite rigorous. And he wanted to really provide something to the lawyers, to our associates that would feel like an achievement. And he also was smart enough to recognize that the best place to do that was off-site, you know, a combination of different expertises and trying to address a number of different things that we felt we were not the right people to provide, but others would be better skilled. And then we've learned and grown in a number of ways beyond that vision, but that's where it originated. Right. So this is a program that's made available to attorneys in the middle, middle to senior periods of their practice as associates. Why not start with the very junior lawyers? I think it's in some ways very easy to start at the beginning, in large part because it's easier for us as a law firm to take our brand new lawyers who are not truly, you know, integrated into our law firm yet and train them in a way that doesn't honestly impact as much. The material that we're teaching is quite complicated and intense and requires that you have a context to understand the value of it. And if you introduce these complicated finance or business or marketing issues to someone who just joined a law firm, they really wouldn't understand why they were learning it. 
They simply did not have the context yet. And similarly, you only learn in my mind when you actually apply. So if you're going to learn something and then not utilize it for like three or four years, then you're not going to retain it either. And so by the time you needed it, it would be gone. I mean, I always analogize it to, you know, if you're a senior and undergraduate, and if I ask you, what did you learn as a freshman in that course that you got an A on and that you remembered everything at that time, the chances are you wouldn't remember very much because you hadn't used that muscle for three or four years. So we believe very strongly that we want to apply the knowledge, even though it may be more inconvenient to us to do it this way, but we want to apply the knowledge at a time when it will be of value, when someone's had enough experience in what they're doing that they realize why they need to know this stuff. And then they utilize it to retain it. And then we layer it by building upon session and module after module so we can become more advanced and more complicated as we go through the program. And to me, that's a really worthwhile investment because then the knowledge is retained and has value. And I just don't believe that can happen at the beginning of a lawyer's career. Focus a bit on the diversity of the people coming into the program, not just diversity in the sense that we have a diverse pool of talent, but also diversity of background, of practice area, of geography, of prior training. I mean, we have UK lawyers who uh, came straight through and maybe the clerkships there that were different than the way we in the United States approach legal education as a second degree after perhaps you've done something else, maybe even professionally. Uh, we have German lawyers, we have lawyers from our Asian offices coming in, and they're all meeting with a common core curriculum for the Millbank at Harvard sessions, both in business and law. How does that melding help the experience of the students, and how, do, how does that diversity lead to a better outcome? Well, it's a great question also, because we actually weren't sure if that's what we should do. I mean, when we came in, we we're very inexperienced at what we were doing, and we were having the, you know, the benefit of sitting down with truly excellent Harvard Law School and Business School professors to design the curriculum. And our first question was, should we be teaching the same thing to everybody or should we try and stream? Will litigators require something or would tax lawyers understand the benefit of or trust the state's lawyers? And exactly what you said, you know, if we deal with corporate governance issues in the US, how will that apply to someone who's coming from, you know, a completely different market? And the business school was very clear that we should just do it all in one simple organized approach. So the value of it is, is, is a number of things. The first is, which is an obvious point, is if everyone is doing the same thing all the time for seven days or six days or five days, however long the program might be, that in itself creates an incredible level of integration and community and culture within our lawyers. And that's honestly the thing that when we started doing the program, we thought about how we train them in finance and business and marketing, but we didn't realize the value to us of the cultural connections and the communication across groups and the consistency that having a program with all of these diverse actors, as you stated, would provide. And so having everyone together is incredibly useful in terms of building connection, but it's also incredibly useful because different things have different meanings and different values in different areas and different contexts. And also one of the excellent things about the professors is they can teach the same case study. And we generally follow a business school case study, not a law school teaching approach. We have those same cases can be taught at many different levels to many different expertise groups, all the way through our, to, to our clients, because we actually have programs for our clients that we run as well. But, but the value of that is back to your point of that diversity is if you're wrestling with an issue, 
but suddenly someone comes in and gives you a point from the London market from a project finance perspective, or someone comes in and gives you a leverage finance German view, or gives you a project finance Asian view, or a New York restructuring view, or whatever it is, then everything is just so much more rich and valuable. And the style of teaching, which we haven't discussed yet, of having a case study in a business school way of doing things is particularly conducive to creating extra value about having everyone doing the same thing. Yeah, actually, let's let's stay with that for a second, because having joined the Millbank at Harvard program myself and seen it in action, I would say the fact that the business school, the business case study approach differs from the, the legal approach traditionally really does help to build not just skills in new subject areas, not just new substantive ways of looking at risk or probabilities or valuation, but also collaboration. I mean, there's a, there is a, a very different atmosphere among, I'll call them the students, but among the attorneys who are learning because of the way that that material is being organized and presented. Yeah. And, and we've learned things as we've gone along in, in the program, what works and what doesn't work. And as you point out, the business school approach is a far more welcoming, collaborative, engaged approach. And we'd actually see it. We'd see these young lawyers come in with a certain amount of cynicism and apprehension, which is a classic legal way of approaching life anyway, and then sort of be coached gently out of their shells through this law, this business school method of teaching when they would suddenly thrive in this place where they didn't feel judged and they felt they could communicate all these ideas and just discuss thoughts. And then occasionally we'd have a law school professor come in and who would apply a, an old style legal method of teaching. And I'd literally watch all these students just retreat back into their shells and the, and the dialogue would dry up. And that also needs to emphasize the truly, you, you know, the, the, the secret source, obviously, of the program was the professors. I mean, we have the most superb, approachable, incredibly gifted professors teaching this, these programs at the highest level, those from the business school and those who teach in both the business and the law school and some law school professors. And that creates an incredibly welcoming environment. Ultimately, and you've been there, Alan, you know, we, we have a wonderful facility that we teach from. And over time, as lawyers come back over three years, the room is more theirs than it is ours. You know, it's like we're visitors to their learning experience. And that creates an incredible amount of comfort and trust and assertiveness in the room where people are willing to say what they really think and to really involve themselves. And I think an educational approach where you get the trust of your participants is a very valuable thing and, and the environment has helped do that. Yeah, I'm just mindful of the idea that what you're doing is creating a safe space for people to take risks, not just a place to analyze risk or worry about. You know, it, it, it's funny, in a law school, quite often the question of what if is answered by what if something goes wrong? Like, how would you solve this problem, which is potentially a bad outcome for people? What if things deteriorate? What if there's a dispute? What if people don't perform their contracts, what have you? Whereas the approach taken in business school programs generally, but especially at Millbank at Harvard, is the what if, what if there's a new way to do this? What if, what if we want a better outcome? Uh, what if the problem were redefined and we found a new different way of attacking it? And that's, of course, then requires to be multidisciplinary. Can you say a bit about more specifically what the what the curriculum entails and how it develops over the couple of years that it, or you know the three or four years that an associate might go through the program? So the program is is based around several intersections: business, finance, and law, and in particular where those things cross over. Our goal is to create lawyers that are comfortable in all three areas because 
we find that in my experience, a lawyer can simply be a lawyer, so somewhat of a scribe or an expert in a particular area, or they can have an element of being more than that. And being more than that is not only of more value to the client, but also results in the client viewing you as not only a lawyer, but as a confidant, a collaborator, you know, someone that they want involved in more. And the more involved you are in more, the more you understand the legal advice you're providing because you have more, more information to provide it and the deeper and more richer the relationship and the more value you provide. So we, we, we structure some various streams over three modules. The module is typically six days and until recently because of COVID was on-site in Cambridge in Harvard, which goes back to your point about creating a safe space and also being able to create the cultural connection between people where they're protected and can truly focus on what they're doing. We have a number of different sort of streams of knowledge, some that are very sort of finance related, such as finance, valuation, accounting, some that you might view more of sort of business school related, such as some macroeconomic theories and marketing and strategy, and some that you might see more classically as legal, such as negotiations, which is also obviously a business area. As we become more advanced through the modules, the final area that gets implicated is this area of management and leadership and people, skills, interactions. And I would say the way it works is we start with sort of the basics of all of those theories. And then we accelerate, for example, the finance and the valuation and the accounting classes that we do. But they actually, as we move into the final module, those sessions, while becoming more complicated, start to recede a little bit. And the areas of leadership, management, law firm management, and business development and talent management comes to the fore, which is what you'd expect if you envision your own sort of career as a lawyer, which is that as you're hitting your seventh year, or your sixth year, or your eighth year, because people come at different times, they may have missed a year due to work, or they may have missed a year because they had a family. Also, one of the wonderful things about Law Bank at Harvard is we integrate our laterals in it. So for example, someone may join us as a sixth year and become join the first module as a sixth year with the other fourth year module. So we often have a real mixture of, of level of experience. But the more experienced they are, the more they're getting involved in leadership, managing teams, managing their own career, thinking about their own path, and also better understanding of the law firm itself. So we run those streams we also add our own uniqueness over time. So for example, we have upward feedback elements of it now where the lawyers have literally feedback from people below them and around them that we then feed into the program that they discuss and get reports. And then they analyze. We have programs that come out of that, which is we give individualized coaching to them around how they manage people and feedback for several years as part of the program. It's all very much created as we've gone along. But those are sort of the essential aspects of it. Business, finance, law, with an element of leadership and, and management as well. Let's stay with leadership for a second. I remember having a, a business school professor who came in and talked to a number of Milbank partners many years ago, not as part of the Milbank at Harvard program, but separately. And he said, you know, you all want to be leaders. And people in schools always teach you how to you know, become leaders. 99% of us are not leaders all the time. In fact, what's harder is to become a follower. And what he meant by that is how hard it is to integrate into teams. So 
you know, you may be leading four other people. You may be, you know, leading a, a transaction or leading a case and trying to get something solved and supervising and delegating and training and giving feedback and managing the talent around a task for those underneath you in that structure. But you're also accountable to people above you or people laterally, uh, to your client and within your client's organization. They have their own consensus building or hierarchical decision-making frameworks. And we're all, at the end of the day, in service of someone else. And the real challenge, I think, for leadership in a professional firm is how do you integrate those two? How do you organize a team to be highly effective and still efficient and develop the skills of the people along the way so that the next time they face a situation like that, they can actually do a better job of it, either more effective, more creative, more collaborative, more efficient, quicker, whatever it might be. You're completely right. I mean, a strong element of the leadership aspect of the program is around teamwork and collaboration and leadership as a team, the emphasis of diversity amongst teams, the emphasis of trust amongst teams, because all the evidence suggests that if you have both diversity and trust, and trust is often based upon the ability for everyone to have the opportunity to participate equally, although people may participate differently, but it has to be equal then you'll have you know, much more success. And there are so many elements of so many subject matter materials that involve you know, interactions within the firm and then through the firm to the clients that involve not only your expertise that we're teaching, but also your ability to manage the problems through teamwork, through communication, through collaboration, and through clear identification of, of issues that are then addressed appropriately in the right way to avoid the problems that can come through a breakdown of trust and connection as well. So it's easy for me to break down the, the components of the program into elements, and we can view them separately. But there's a real focus on the integration of the elements as a, as a matter of cohesion. And we actually have two wonderful former partners at Millbank who are retired, who now sit with the group for the whole week. And the point is to do exactly that which is questions come out of one session that are linked to a prior session. The professional development aspects of this, how does that tie into the substantive skills development for the attorneys going through the program? People do not have the opportunity to spend time to think about themselves and their own path in life without any intervention from outside very often. We say this to our clients who take the program. The opportunity for people to have six days to sit there and contemplate what they want to do with their life with people who are there to help them, professors and other guides, is very, very important. And so a significant element of the program is on career development, personal career development for these lawyers. And obviously, we have numerous people that have, I've spoken to one recently, actually, very recently, like last week, and she, she started up our own business. She was a lawyer. She started up her own business venture. And she could not stop talking about how important the Harvard program was for her in terms of identifying her own career path. And that's another element of, of the program as well. Technology. I mean, in the decade that Milbank has been doing this program at Harvard, uh, technology and productivity uh, tools for lawyers and for our clients uh, on the business side have evolved quite a bit. How would you expect, you know, five or 10 years from now that this program will have changed given the rise of AI, uh, the changing you know, communications tools and all the rest of it? Well, this, the latter one is very interesting because obviously the changing communications tools and COVID has been a very interesting experience for us. And we actually didn't do the course for maybe eight months because once COVID happened, we, we felt we wanted to see what happened because so much of the program's value 
is people spending time with each other, both inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. But then we realized we didn't have the luxury of not doing the program because it's our obligation to our lawyers to provide the best training. And in this moment, the best training is to do these programs, but to do them remote. So we just actually had our first remote module, module three, for a group of people who'd gone through it twice before. And it was it worked very well. Zoom worked extremely well. And Harvard, because they're Harvard, have already done these brilliant things where they do breakout rooms and they do open sessions where you can just drop in and talk about stuff. And they have all these ways of, of making people connect. And so that was very interesting to me. And I've sat in on some other Harvard programs that they've let me sit in on so that I could evaluate the remote technology before we did it. And I saw these Zoom programs from people, general councils around the world, clients around the world, all in a room. And it's, you know, it's very impressive. Again, to reveal my own personal bias, what was most gratifying for the reviews that we just got of our program last week, which was excellent, which it always is, was nearly every person wrote in their review at the end. This was so wonderful. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Please, 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 can we make sure that the program is done in person in Cambridge, especially for module one and module two. And if you have to do it in module three, but we'd really prefer that we didn't. And so this is something that all professional service firms and all organizations are going to have to wrestle with as we move forward into the next period of, of the world, which is how remote are we going to go? How flexible are we going to be? How do these things work? And you can, by the way, do wonderful models where we may become quite flexible and remote on the basis of our work environment and use programs like Millbank and Harvard as the connection rather than perhaps the offices all the time. So that would actually, in my mind, make you know the directness of in-person contact even more important. On your first part of the question, AI, we focus on elements of it and we talk about it. But I'm old enough now and have been involved in the space now long enough that They've been talking about AI in the legal profession for the last 10 years. And that is not to say that it hasn't changed. It has. And do we at Millbank have certain AI products that we utilize that are really efficient in helping us close transactions and do other things? Yes. And save our clients money? Yes. And more efficiently utilize our lawyers' times? Yes. But that said, the impact that was anticipated for 2021 in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, and so on. It's like like 10% of what the world envisioned. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next five or 10 years. My sense is, is that the nature of law is just becoming so much more complicated that, that you know AI may play some essential supporting roles, but it's not going to change, especially what we do at Millbank, that much. But the wonderful thing about having this program with Harvard is that we have a direct line into what's going on. They have a very heavy investment in the space and we utilize that. And so we keep track of it. We also spend a number of our sessions in the program talk about what are the challenges for law firms like ours? What are the developments and changes to our billing models, to our competitors? Are the accounting firms, which people have talked about for a long time, but they're still doing it, they're still investing in it. Are they going to become competitors to us and so on? So the program helps us hopefully identify all of these sort of future issues around strategy that we have to think about. Well, actually, in some ways, it's a response to changes technologically in the practice of law several years ago that gave rise to this, I'll, I'll call a group of legal services that became more of a commodity 
And there's real price pressures on that, real market pressures on that for law firms that were in that space. And the non-commodity part of law practice. And what is that? Well, that's creativity and judgment and market knowledge and contacts and networks and all of that. Uh, the same kinds of things you might see in the tech community or in entertainment or in other specialized industries that depend on those that combination of ingenuity and people skills. I would suspect that as technology evolves, and that will therefore create more of uh, an incentive for firms to do, differentiate among themselves based on those intellectual and networking kind of collaborative creative aspects of practice, the programs like Milk Make at Harvard become more essential, not less. And those team building skills that they're teaching really become, you know, critical. Well, I mean, I obviously would agree with you because I've totally drunk the Kool-Aid, right? But I, I, I mean, I think that's exactly right. We're making an investment that no other law firm has been willing to make for our associates, not our partners, because we believe that we need to have a significant number of expertises and skills to create value in order to make sure that we are providing the best opportunities for people to thrive here, to provide the best service for our clients, to provide this expertise to us, our, our clients as well, through the training programs that we offer to our client, and also to attract the best talent to our law firm so that we identify lawyers who look for this. I mean, I'm sure, Alan, this is very much part of who you are. I know it's part of who you are because I know what you do in your own teaching, et cetera. But you know, you either, if you're someone who wants to embrace a life of learning, constantly educating themselves, constantly learning, constantly you know, growing themselves over time, which lawyers have a natural tendency to be like, general counsels have a natural tendency to be like, you know, then this is what we would think of as an essential component. And we're looking for lawyers who are drawn to that. We're looking for students who want to come to a law firm that feel that that's something of value that they'll recognize, not only straight out of law school where we recruit intensively, but also, you know, because to be honest, it matters to a lot of people coming to us from law school, but it's very hard as a first-year lawyer to even imagine, imagine what you'll be like four years from now. But we obviously also recruit laterally. And this program has been an incredible advantage for people who understand the value of it when they're going to get it right away. And there'll also be an incredible advantage to integrate them into the community because I know we'll talk about it at some point in the conversation. The cultural impact of this program has just been tremendous for us. What is the cultural impact been? Well, I, as I said, you know, at the beginning, we thought about all these things that this program would provide. And I would also say at this point that one of the reasons the program has worked so well is because of the input of the lawyers themselves. Whenever we have a program, we sit with every lawyer that went through it and we ask them to rate and give us criticism on everything. And we've made a number of changes to the program through the years as a result of the associate's involvement. And so this program is a direct product of their own thinking and, and is hopefully addressing the areas that they, they really want. But the cultural advantages are, it's a two-way thing. I mean, I always describe Millbank and Harvard as the cultural heart of Millbank. And, and I mean that sort of both ways. I mean, it one, because everyone goes through it. And we're not that large a law firm that that can't have an impact. We're also probably right-sized to do a program like this. If we had 3,000 lawyers, this would be much, much, much harder. So it's, it's built, you know, and, it, and, and the principles that we're teaching in management and leadership are principles that I think we really do believe in at Millbank, which are respect, direct communication, feedback, authenticity, honesty, you know, and that everyone ha can have some humility. Everyone can learn from, from, them, from each other, but everyone should also try to make the best of themselves. 
So that helps. But then the other interesting thing about it is that if we want to drop something into our culture, all we have to do is drop it into Millbank at Harvard and it just flows throughout the entire organism and therefore reaches every part of it, whether it be our smaller offices like Seoul or Beijing or Sao Paulo or our large offices, our two biggest, London and New York. And that's been very true. We've done a number of areas, for example, around diversity, women initiative issues, where we've been able to run programs and have everyone from around the firm join it. Or if we just try and educate the firm on our strategy and what we're about and what we're thinking and why we're doing what we're doing it, you spend a week and I'm there, other partners are there, you're there, and we talk about it. I know when I go to Tokyo, which I used to do, and I met the people I knew, that we already had a common ground. And I think also there's just real value in people feeling a sense of pride and, and attachment to things that they care about. And also a belief that we are investing in them because we are, because they're our most valuable asset, obviously. And many of them will become partners as well. So, or clients, we have a large number of them who come back for the client program. We have people who, we are uh, module three last week. We had a former lawyer who had gone through all the modules, who'd gone to a client, who'd gone through the client program, now come back to the module to talk about the whole experience to our lawyers in the program. So again, I, you know, it just, it just feels highly valuable and relevant to us, I think. So we've talked about associate development and many training programs focus on uh, the impact of the person being educated, the person going through the program. But at the end of the day, the real beneficiary ultimately should be the clients. What do clients think of the program? So clients are very, very supportive of the program. They recognize the value of it. And then, of course, we have this wonderful corporate council program where we've been running it for five years now. And every year, we didn't do it last year because of COVID, but um, every year we invite 30, 35 of our clients, general counsels of our clients, to a three and a half day program at Harvard with maybe 10 or so of our partners. And they go through the same experience, the same courses with the same professors. And they do finance, accounting, strategy, leadership, and management. And we give them the same experience, which is, this is for you. We think it's a value to words. We think you'll appreciate the value, not only in the subjects that you're learning, but the opportunity to have a moment in your life where you can just think about stuff. You know, people always come up to me and say, you know, it's such a great job you've done with that program. I said, yes, it's been so hard for me to manage a program that's entirely run by the most brilliant professors in the world. I mean, the secret here is that these professors are just sensational and the people who organize the program are sensational. So I would say the clients appreciate what we're providing the lawyers and, and the value it is to them. And then they appreciate it personally. And we think it's a reflection of who we are. This is just an indication of how we think, how we, how we approach the way we do things. And we'd like to, our clients to know about it so they can evaluate us in, in that context. Good. David, thank you very much. That was really fascinating. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Law, Policy, and Markets, Millbank Conversations. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and learn more at millbank.com.